0: And thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, which has recently celebrated its five-year anniversary. My name is Clive, and due to late notice, uh, unforeseen circumstances, you have another solo Clive Show this week. Ricky has welcomed an addition into the extended family, so his house is as full as... Corey Graves' DMs right now, so with that in mind, it's just a bit too chaotic in Ricky's house for him to come on, that's fair enough, completely understandable, but please join me in wishing him and his family well with a big fat hashtag Uncle Ricky, get that on your Twitter time machine all day, every day, until it trends worldwide. As you'll have heard at the start of the show, it's the the five year anniversary of Social Suplex, the guys from One Nation Radio and Keeping It Strong Style did a, a history of the network and a podcast at the weekend there. It's a long one, but it was a, a deep dive into how Social Suplex came to be, the changes, the growth, the mistakes, the future of what the the, uh, the board of directors wanted to be, and so on and so forth. It's a good lesson, so I recommend that you check that one out. I was surprised to hear that Rich and James had initial intentions back in the 2010s of starting a a rap record label if I had known that I would have definitely got in touch with the gentlemen so I could have sent them some of my my own sick beats but it never happened and now you'll never hear the magic so James Rich you're lost gentlemen Uh, all true this is all true, anyway to help celebrate it, help Social Suplex get over, line our pockets once again all that jazz head over to powerslam.tv on your laptop or PC and put in the promo code Social Suplex. With that, you will get over 6,000 hours of independent wrestling from around the world, free for a month. I did some maths before this. That's maths with an S at the end because you don't say, hey, I'm going to do some mathematic, do you? You say some mathematics. So, some maths and 6,000 hours is 250 days you can't even remotely come close to watching all of what's on there unless you're Kushida and you have a time machine also it's Christmas time and what better present to give your loved ones and your hated ones if you really want uh, what better time to give them a social suplex t-shirt prowrestlingtees.net is where you want to be for that head to the social suplex page and you'll find some lovely stuff there I believe there is a 20% off sale at the moment. Don't quote me on that, but just, just get one anyway. Anyway, ladies, gents, boys, girls, marks of all ages. Now, before I continue, I seem to have pulled a muscle in my shoulder blade area. I also have quite a bad cough, and it is actually too impossible because of the pain for me to take a deep breath and it was also too impossible for me to have a proper, right good cough and I'm in a lot of pain, so there might come a point during this podcast where it sounds like I've passed away Please bear with me, I'm just having a slight pain flare up in my shoulder blade area because I can't breathe properly and I can't cough properly I will be fine, all will be well I just can't do any arm drags or suplexes for a while because I'm in a bad way, I'm partially incapacitated but I'll try my very best, I always do with these solo shows they're not just put out just for the sake of it i try and make it as engaging as possible even with just one solitary, eh, handsome sounding voice as this So, what uh, another big weekend we've just had We had the first, I think this is right, that we had the first Friday Night Smackdown to coincide with one of the big four weekends. And with the fallout, the fallout episode of Raw also taking place, we've just had a whopping Mm -hmm. four consecutive days of wrestling under WWE, leaning heavily on the build to uh, the fallout of and the actual NXT invasion itself. NXT cementing itself as the developmental brand No More, the USA deal is old news. NXT more than made its presence felt, and many of the wrestlers stood toe to toe with some of the absolute titans of the modern industry as far as WWE is concerned. There might still be that undertone of NXT not being as, like, as big of a deal as Raw and SmackDown, which is correct, but for me, there's no doubt whatsoever that some of these guys have made a claim to be future stars of WWE. For the most part, this felt like a future, a future, it felt like a, a glimpse into the future of WWE. Uh, obviously with the results that happened as well, from the kayfabe side of things, it just felt like this was a, and I keep, I say it now and again, and it falls flat in its face, uh, bloody well did to the next night on Raw, with fucking Rey Mysterio, um, taking over from Humberto Carrillo let's build some new Hispanic stars, let's break into the Spanish market, the Hispanic market once more, with a fresh face, Humberto Carrillo, oh wait we'll not do that, we'll just get um, old glass ankles Mysterio to do it instead, fantastic terrible so, back to the actual future stars of WWE not the ancient washouts Undisputed Era, more predominantly out of those guys, Adam Cole Um, Shayna Baszler Rhea Ripley, my God, what a week, what a weekend so that she's had, and the glory Basker himself, Mr. Keith Lee, <sighs> Mr. Lee, unbelievable stuff. But we'll get into the specifics of this stuff later on in the show. First off, uh, NXT Takeover WarGames three is in the bag, and well, my my Jesus. There's a reason that War Games has become my favourite time of the wrestling year. And this past weekend, I, I think it just showed it once again. And see, the funny thing is, I didn't think much of the two matches sandwiched in between the two War Games matches. Adam Cole, uh, Adam Cole, no, ah, oh, what's his name? Flipping, the big barrel-trusted one. Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor was decent enough. Literally nothing l- wrong with that match; all plain sailing. If you were that way inclined, you could say the right man won as well. And the triple threat done. Eh, Dane Priest. If I was to watch that in isolation, I'd probably think it was very good. The work rate, the tandem work, the sequencing, the multiple near falls—all of it was on point. Like again, they guys didn't; those guys didn't put a foot wrong either. But this one, for me, suffered. I just. I was just a blank slate, I felt numb watching it, and that was because of the match beforehand. The women's war games, the curtain jerker, oh, that met, and in some parts, exceeded my own expectations, and I was going into this one hot, 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 like a jalapeno. Um, you may remember me going off in on one in a very positive manner about the women's tag team elimination chamber match back in February or March and one of the reasons that I thought that worked so well for me was that women have a smaller frame so chamber matches and cage matches don't feel as claustrophobic as if you've got these 6 foot 5, 6 foot 6 250 pound burly beasts struggling to make a run up in a chamber match or a cage match, I mean look at the, the cage match that we had with Shayna Baszler and Io Shirai on TV a few months ago, that's one of the best matches of the year, TV wise anyway I just think uh, this is how I felt about this match again, smaller frames more room to work they could still hit their big moves and the majority of them have big, big moves none of it felt wasted and what I loved about this, looking back at it retrospectively although this was separate from all the Survivor Series invasion stuff, this match I think that sort of set the tone if that makes sense it set the tone for what NXT has all been, been all about for the last few weeks, it's been about showing everyone that NXT is the they claim to be the main roster with Uncle Paul at the helm there's more of a, a focus on the wrestling but with plenty of the storyline filled in, it was it was aggressive, it was urgent, it was manic as all shit, it was NXT telling those who may be new to NXT and have actually started tuning into the weekly TV, and I am aware of someone doing this. I'm not just talking out of my arse here. I know someone, shout out to Baz D. This is NXT telling every, um, the ones that th- just didn't bother with NXT look, it might be called sports entertainment in this roof, but we still do the pro wrestling round here, and we do it better than everyone else. And I would. I would even go so far as to say that NXT is the perfect blend between the attitude era where you've got these larger-than-life characters, chewing up the scenery, swerves are plenty, um, just balls-to-the-wall promos and segments with a sort of tone that is close to the nose. I can't remember what that term is. Too on the nose. That's what it that is, Well done. Uh, it's a blend between that and the ruthless aggression era, where you've got a focus on that urgent wrestling. I've come to I've come to grips with me enjoy um, urgent wrestling is something I enjoy. People must win their matches at all costs, and you believe there's a fight going on. Like you you are really like the stakes the stakes at play, and I think this match encapsulated that. I'd put out a poll on Twitter on Sunday, I think. Just asking what people thought was the best match between this one and the men's war games. And it was a close one. 53% went to the women. Uh, obviously 47% went to the men. So it was a close call. Um, I just thought this this was a, a statement of intent. Not just for the women in terms of showing everyone who's boss in NXT. Showing everyone who's boss in WWE as a whole. Uh, fantastic shit, so it was Kayleigh Ray's inclusion as I suspected, was for her to get some shine but also to take some sick bumps and I've seen Kayleigh Ray take some horrific bumps in ICW, like really dodgy shit Uh, and she did that, there was the the suplex which just sort of slid down the cage wall, landed awkwardly Um, and the, the trash can shot just crumpled underneath that and She can take a doing, it's not exactly a a trait you want in real life, but she can take a doing and makes it, sells it well, not even sells it well, so just bumps like a monster. And she did that, Um, I I think stuff like that, it just sold the realness that this fight had. and um, Dakota, Dakota Kai's heel turn the savageness with which it was done the writing, I think the writing was on the wall with this one a few weeks back and I would say it was masterfully done Kai, complete, Dakota Kai completely lost it and it it was great but I still hate her kayfabe wise obviously it's all about her, she feels sorry for herself but she's channeled that self pity into selfishness now and that kind of feel I'd say is a dangerous one so I'm looking forward to see how that pans out I've got to be honest, if I had any criticism about that, it's that we didn't see Mia Yim or Tegan Knox in the match. You could argue that Tegan Knox didn't have much sort of deservedness to be in the War Games match. She's just back and she's had a couple of matches here and there. Mia Yim most certainly did. However, with the shit that Mia, Mia Yim went through a couple of weeks ago in that ladder match, busted nose, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Big King Billy Regal said, nah, you're not, you're not completely fit to wrestle yet. So that's why she was taken out. I just felt a wee bit robbed because Mia Yim, a big fan of hers. I like what she brings to the table. And Tegan Knox. I like what she brings to the table. It's just... And it was all for Dakota Kai who ended up stealing the spotlight. So I'll never forgive you Dakota Kai. Uh, you can go and cry for yourself, and I won't. I won't shed a tear for you either. So get yourself to hell, Dakota Kai. <laughs> I thought the finish for this was outstanding. Uh, submission move from Shayna Baszler. I can't. Um, Kira. I don't know the names of these clutches. Um, handbrake clutch. Kurakuda clutch. Barracuda clutch. The sub- Shayna Baszler's submission move, basically. The whole handcuff thing. Um, The riptide through the chairs that Shayna could do nothing about because she was handcuffed. What? Oh, I just had a deep breath there. And it was the best breath I've had all day. So, shout out to me, guys. What an emphatic finish that was for me. Not the breath. (laughs) The finish to that match. Uh, Just a complete statement. The night before... Vera at play near enough pulled off a, a David Blaine style magic trick with that crucifix pin on Charlotte and then she does this the next night come on, WWE, whoever is booking the finishes to her matches give them a raise right now! now maybe not actually because or maybe it was someone different who booked the finish to her match on Sunday night but we'll get to that the ending to this one has come under some criticism from Uncle Ricky himself, so I've actually got some texts from Ricky that he wanted me to read on air for you tonight so for this, ending to this match, Ricky said and I quote, it was terrible it was terrible that two faces beat four heels the whole handicap outnumbered thing well Uncle Ricky it's a shame that you're not here tonight because I've got some retorting for you, um, friend (coughs) Ow We live in an age where people are Kicking out of Canadian Destroyers Or Adam Cole's um, Panama Sunrise thing We live in an age where the sweet chin music One of the most iconic Finishers in wrestling history Is now nothing more than a working punch Wrestlers win triple threats All the time Wrestlers can win fatal four way Non elimination matches all the time Due to the circumstances of the match And this match, the circumstances were, because I had a right good think about this one, leading up to the, the finish. Before Shayna Baszler put Rhea Ripley in the Barracuda Clutch, Kayleigh Ray dived off the top rope and Rhea Ripley wiped her out. like It was one of those Grand Theft Auto wasted moments where the trash can just absolutely destroyed Kayleigh Ray. She was out of the equation. The other three heels, the other two heels, sorry, Io Shirai doing crazy shit off the top rope, uh, sorry, the cage moonsaulted both Candice LeRae and Bianca Belair, so they're out of the equation. So from a storytelling point of things, there's no one left for Shayna to have on her side. Probably why she went for the Barracuda Clutch. And she's like, "Shit, I've got no one else to help me. I need to get this sorted." But So there's the circumstances of the match, right? To me that's credible, that's believable. And then I remembered the absolute love and adoration that many had, even Papa Meltzer himself. We saw a match this year that has been lauded by many as one of the best ever matches under the WWE umbrella. Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, WrestleMania weekend. That was a farce, ladies and gents, that was... For all intents and purposes, that was a one-on-four match. When Roddy Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish came down, Gargano would have kicked out of a cannonball being fired at point-blank range to his face that night. But Ricky, you're taking umbrage with the fact that a woman who whips out one of the smartest finishes in a long time, in a match where other women had just put their bodies, had just had their bodies and brains battered and bruised and one woman who I know you love Ricky, you think she's fantastic has been put over harder than anyone in such a short space of time because she was outnumbered get a grip Ricky, behave yourself I'm looking forward to uh, what you've got to say to that that was magical Uh, so there you go, there you go, that's my stance on it, two on four I've seen a lot worse this year And folk loved it. (coughs) Recency bias. (coughs) Cough, cough. But I can't cough. I'll try now. (coughs) That wasn't too bad. As for the men's match, personally, I prefer the women's to this. I don't know. I just felt that all the true carnage took place in such a short window of time that I I didn't have time to process it. As a result, the ending... It actually felt kind of rushed, it came out of nowhere for me, there was no proper crescendo. Uh, That's not to say that these fellas didn't put in a shift. Keith Lee with the hot tag specialist, well, not a hot tag, but you know, Keith Lee coming out of the cage, It's his time to come out of the cage and he came in, cleared house with his routine that he's got, love that routine. Keith Lee, what a weekend you had my good man. Uh, Keith Lee looked amazing with the big moves against Undisputed Era. Jack, my hero, blasting, blasting Roderick Strong through a table which disintegrated into a, a billion pieces. I love those table shots where the table just explodes. Fucking brilliant. And of course, there was Kevin Owens. Now, I pumped my fists in the air hard and frequently when... I realised what Raina, Rhea Ripley was about to do with the, the handcuffed Riptide. I thought that was sensational. When Kevin Owens came out and Allstate Arena exploded, there was just this calmness about me, a universal oneness with the world. Everything just felt right again and I just let it wash over me. It's actually similar to how I felt when Dean Ambrose cashed in his money in the bank. It was just ah, a contented sigh. No overreaction, no screaming, no ping Just, this is how it's supposed to be. And the parallels with his debut, NXT TakeOver Revolution, I want to say. If you can hear some pinging in the background, my daughter's left her phone to charge. And there's obviously some pal texting her. Um, maybe she's texting her saying, when's your dad dropping his next podcast? I'm, I'm desperate to hear it. Maybe not. Uh, Kevin Owens parallels with the debut. He comes out he's got the, the sort of duct-taped KO on his t-shirt again, he's got the old shorts, he's not got the sort of glossy, fancy, um, we've spent some time on your t-shirt, t-shirt. And I think it was Mythgifts. there's a Twitter account Mythgifts who does a lot of sort of kayfabe exploration and character analysis. They spotted that Kevin Owens basically had the exact same facial expressions from his debut and his return to NXT, just that that sort of shock, awe and determination to just let rip. I don't know if that was intentional from Kevin Owens, but these are the kind of things I appreciate and I'll remember that for a long time. And I hate to be this guy, but there's, all, there's one or two wrestlers that I just i feel so passionately about that I hope Vince listened to that pop, Vince McMahon, and I hope Vince McMahon remembers Kevin Owens had a pop similar to that when he won the Raw Fatal 4-Way Universal Title Match a deafening pop and then a Thank You Deserve It chant that week and the next week since then before then and even sometimes now Kevin Kevin Owens has been saddled with some questionable stuff over the years he's been saddled with Shane McMahon on two separate occasions And once you've been saddled with Shane McMahon, it's not exactly, he's not exactly on the up. Let's look at Miz for that one. That pop was deafening. So I hope Vince was listening and gives and realises, do you know what? Maybe I should give him a bit more respect with regards to where he sits in the WWE hierarchy. I say, I hate to be that guy who says, this person deserves to be at the top. But sometimes you've got someone who does deserve to be at the top, and I fully. I firmly believe that Kevin Owens is one of those guys. Anyway, that Panama Sunrise onto the steel stanchion in the middle was quite horrific as well. Anyway, the bit that everyone's talking about though, that massive air raid crash from Trampa to Cole, atop the cage through a table, I appreciated it for what it was, that is... That's the way to finish a match, but I just couldn't help but remind myself that Champa was injured with something that could have finished his career for good. That could have paralysed him for good. Personally, Champa is one of the best, and I don't say this in tongue in cheek. Champa is one of the best sports entertainers in the world today. His attention to detail through storytelling, even with just the slightest turn of the eyeballs in a certain direction to a certain belt. His attention to detail through storyline as well as just sort of explosive wrestling with a high-octane moveset it's peerless for me. Like it really is one of my favourites at the moment. And he continued that storytelling on Sunday night. I'll get to that later. He put, But he put the ability to keep delivering that to us in jeopardy the other night. It was all safe, safe landing, so fine. But please have a think, eh? Tommy. Tommy boy. Have a think about what you're going to do with that. Ricky's thoughts on this one. Anyone who uh, anyone who said New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, excuse me while I sort of paraphrase. Uh, I've not I've not copied and pasted it properly. Anyone who says New Japan Pro Wrestling take too many brutal bumps, or that Moxley versus Omega was too hardcore, but they have no issues with what Champa and Cole did, then you're biased and you're an idiot. I don't know where that's come from. Uh, Ricky, you must have seen something on Twitter. I've not seen it, but I'm sure what you say is... I can see what you're saying. It makes sense to me. Ricky has no issues with wrestlers doing that. He'll watch, and if that's what they want to do, then go ahead. But the message from Ricky there is biases. People, biases are rife in wrestling fandom right now, and this is no different. I actually have more issues. Personally, I've got more issues with this. Than bad wire spots. If I'm being honest, there's a couple of sort of scratches and getting your getting your blood tested, versus you know sitting in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. And I I know which one I'd pick. I'd be shitting myself at the bad wire spot, but I would probably pick that one. So all in all, another sensational night for take, NXT Takeover Lower, and it was another case of with it being a big four weekend top that, WWE and did they top it with, uh, with Survivor Series well Survivor Series was quite the mixed bag for me I've got to admit I don't know whether it was a bad pay per view or not because there were some shining bright bright, sh- <laughs> bright shites <laughs> Uh, there were some shining moments. Ah, what is that freaking term? There were some bright spots in this card that I will remember for a long time and I think helped elevate this card from being pretty pants and boring to being pretty memorable. So if you don't mind, I will touch on the positives first. I'd mentioned earlier about the triple threat match and NXT TakeOver. Oh, I'm going to have a coffin fit. I need to pause it. Hold on. I'm back. Dreadful stuff. Uh, in it, the triple threat match from the TakeOver, I thought it was all well and good, but I can't really remember much about it. But I am glad that Pete Dunne won, because Pete Dunne had a chance. He usually, for me, he usually steals the show, uh, and he was able to, in some way, steal the show on Survivor Series. His match with Adam Cole was lovely. Absolutely loved it. Uh, There was actually a moment during the end where I thought, wait a minute, they are actually going to change the title here. Uh, And the reason I can sort of associate with this match is the, the crowd were pretty cold going into it. There wasn't much sort of heat. But see, by the end of it, there were claps, there were ovations, there was holy shit, there was this is awesome, this is fight forever. And that happens quite a lot when watching 205 Live. By the way, fucking... Scrap that show now, because you need to stop it. Anyway, Pete Dunne and Adam Cole won over a cold crowd. And that is that is a hard thing to do, wherever you are. Even, even in Chicago, that's a hard thing to do. So hats off to them. It was, you're, it, you know, it was independent wrestling overload. Super kicks all over the place. Not much selling. But see, sometimes you just like to sit back and then just enjoy the story that's being told. And, I'm beginning to see selling as... Well, there was actually some selling. Pete Dunne's knee bandaged up. Adam Cole's ribs bandaged up. Um, so they did play into that. But I just enjoyed this. I knew these guys would have a great match. They had an amazing match on TV last year. With the whole Pete Dunne and Cole versus the Undisputed Era. Uh, and I knew they would knock it out of the park. Adam Cole, he's faced off... You know, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, Pete Dunne, he's been a prominent, prominent man and he's put on these sort of showcase matches that people are going to remember in their end of year lists, all in the space of a few weeks, Adam Cole is one of those stars that I've been talking about, sometimes I look at him and think, like, he's just oozes charisma and he's got the wrestling that excites people, everyone Loves a super kick, maybe not 50, but they do love a super kick. He's got that Panama Sunrise in his Arsenal and they used it as a a reversal against Pete Dunn on Sunday night. Just stunning, stunning athleticism, just great stuff. Really, really enjoyed it. I'm finding it hard to sort of put into words how I described this one. Just put me in a right good mood. And the other match, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Before that one, you had the other triple threat with Strong, Nakamura and AJ Styles. They guys were all having a good good bit of fun out there. That was another work rate special match and Roderick Strong has become one of those triple threat opportunist, opportunistic um opportunist specialists. We saw him do it with Keith Lee and Dijak a couple of weeks ago and he did it against two more household names and AJ Styles and Nakamura. Uh they just battered each other and had good fun. They really liked it. But the other one... Now... 2017's Men V Men Survivor Series match was an absolute shit show. Like, really shit. Right now, I can't tell you a single thing about 2018's Men V Men's match. I can't remember if there was one. All I can remember was Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar for that year. I can remember nothing else about that Survivor Series Maybe Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, but that's it. But 2016, I've said before, and I'll probably say it again in the future, 2016 is my favourite ever Survivor Series men's v men's match. Just laden with story, laden with moments, eh, peaks and troughs, just fantastic, seamless. This one is up there. Now, I don't think you'll beat 2016 for a long time, but this one gave it a good run for its money. This was uh, our favourite organised chaos, The just constant, it was a short time frame, just constant mental chaos all the way through, um, really good highlighted character spots, I mean I talked earlier about Trampa being a great storyteller, Kevin Owens came in and helped him win a war that has technically been going on for months in his mind anyway. Kevin Owens came in and helped Champa on Saturday night. Kevin Owens decided to frog splash someone else instead of Champa during the Survivor Series match. What did Tommaso what did Champa do? He took Kevin Owens out of the game and pinned him and said bye bye, patted himself on the back for it and laughed and said, Ha, this is what I do. And not only that, then he tried to hit Randy Orton with Randy Orton's. What A move that Randy Orton's famous for, that draping DDT through the ropes. Like, the brass neck of this man, and he probably does have a brass neck, maybe a wee bit of composite in there as well, carbon composite. Um, to do something like that to a guy who owns that, like, you think of the draping DDT, you think of Randolph Orton uh, dishing out the wanker signs on Raw this week. Um w- what was the other one? Mustafa Ali, you know, setting the head of a light, showing off in front of his home crowds, and it was that's it was a small microcosm of what he's dealt with. And he said it in a lot of his promos and stuff. People tell me what to do around here. I'll do what I want to do, and I'm not, no one's going to hold me back. I will pave the way for the light. And that was all encapsulated when he's doing all these special moves. He's on a tear, to be honest. And then Baron Corbin comes in and says, No, 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 you stop that, Sunshine. You stop that now. And Mustafa Ali went back in and said, Fuck you, Corbin. I'll do what I want. That distracting cost Mustafa Ali the shot. I thought, hmm, that's disappointing. From a kayfabe point of view, that Corbin cost his team. But... That was cool. I just enjoyed that was a sort of microcosm of what Ali has been going through on the main roster so far as well. The crowd went absolutely batshit in rage when Volter was eliminated. Okay, you've got this star attraction coming over from Europe. Um, people remember him from Takeover. Independence know who Volter is. And then he gets taken out and laminated first and people lose their shit. Alright, this match has 15 wrestlers. There's maybe about 7 or 8 of them that you think, this guy is my fucking hero. So someone's going to have to lose eventually and it just so happened to be him. But folks, Drew Mackett, Rab Ropes asked me last week, or asked Ricky and me last week, what do you look for in a finisher? And one of the ones I said was one that comes out of nowhere, one that packs a punch and it looks as if it's deadly. Drew McIntyre's Claymore kick ticks all those boxes and he near enough decapitated Volter. No bloody wonder Volter couldn't get up. If you counted to forty three, Volter was not getting up. That was an absolute beautiful um, Claymore kick. Volter's six foot three, six foot four, and Drew McIntyre's a wee bit taller. That was a sight to behold. No wonder Walter got knocked out early doors. And uh, McIntyre was also responsible in part for Braun Strowman going out because of the Claymore kick to the outside. But that was not before Braun Strowman was doing his choo-choo train round the ring, mowing everyone down as he went, only to be blocked, charge blocked, with a full stop or a period as our American friends call it, but that was an exclamation mark, with Keith Lee, he just stood there and soaked up all that um, velocity, oh, that was, you could hear that, you could hear that all the way from Scotland, ladies and gents, it was on during the night, and I woke up and I heard a thud, and it was probably that moment, but it was just laden with stuff as I say, I'm trying to think what else, Matt Riddle getting the sneaky win over Randy Orton, just the, the the audacity of it. Matt, uh, Matt Riddle's got this audacious attitude, this behaviour, characteristics, whatever you want to call it, where he'll sort of puff his chest out and stick his chin out to all these legends of the business and say, listen bro, I'll take you on right now and I'll sort you out. And he fucking did. He took Randy Orton out, of all people. Randy Orton, Mr Survivor Series himself, was taken out early doors and he was not happy about it. So that was... That was very cool, um, and Raw, Raw's team was shit, Seth Rollins uh, was shit, Ricochet was dressed up like Spider Gimp, Drew uh, McIntyre was probably one of the most effective people in that Raw team, Randy Orton not, who else was in that team, off the top of my head, can't remember, but Raw had a bad night overall, that was quite funny actually the A show no longer Um, but the bit at the end I mean I'll be honest right I'm enjoying this Roman Reigns Baron Corbin programme at the moment Um, I just think since he's come back Roman Reigns seems like he's just enjoying himself in the ring he's not taking things too seriously maybe that's because of where he is in the card but he's had some right enjoyable stories some right enjoyable matches I'm going to put my neck out here and say I thought the, the mascot dog was funny and I'm glad that it riled people up because whether you want to admit it or not that is what he's there for. You're not supposed to cheer the heels ladies and gents. Anyway, Baron Corbin uh, got taken out and after all the carry on you're left with just Roman Reigns and Keith Lee. That is a WrestleMania match in the future waiting to happen. Near falls big Big moves busted out, just ne- like near falls to the point where I think there might have been a mistake made. And the referee John Combe, was like, no, no, that wasn't supposed to be three. He kept, he kept, the, kept a the professionalism going there with the, the refereeing, the officiating, and it even helped more when Ke- Keith Lee did his spirit bomb. Sometimes you get variations of the power bomb that just look sensational, and the spirit bomb is one of them. Oh, brutal! Um, Roman Reigns is fucking 250 quid and that's not even soaking wet so and he's got all that gear on, all the riot gear so Spirit Bomb looked sensational, Roman Reigns kicked out at 2.999 seconds just epic stuff, I think it was Rich on Twitter saying Keith Lee an unheard of guy a few weeks ago being cheered over and above Roman Reigns, I know that kind of happens with Roman Reigns matches but Roman Reigns has done well for himself in the last six, seven months. I want to see those guys lock horns once again in the very near future. And Keith Lee, he's one of those guys that had a very successful presentation of himself over the past few weeks, and especially the last few days. Just sensational. I really, I can see, I can see some NXT gold in his very near future. And there was a tweet that went out yesterday from King Billy Regal. I actually, I know people might not like this idea. I can understand very much why. But Keith Lee and Dominik Dijakovic have got a tag team title shot against Undisputed Era tonight on NXT. And my God, I want that match inside me. Like, that kind of way, people. I want that inside me. By the time many of you have have listened to this, the match will have happened. There's something in the air that there's just there's a title change happening with this one. Uh, it's kind of reset time for some of the stories in NXT. The War Games is very much a right. We won this war. Now it's time to start some new stories. Let's say the Undisputed Era start capitulating, not not with each other. They just start losing their trophies, and let's start with the tag titles first. So, I'm predicting it right here and now, your new NXT Tag Team Champions, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, the two belters, that's my nickname, that's my tag team name for them, the two belters, geez it. Anyway, what was I saying, Keith Lee had a great night, again, Rhea Ripley had a great night, she got the, the big W over and above Sasha. And I'm going to. I'll come back to that. No, I won't. I'll stay with it. The women's match was all right. Nothing fancy, uh, nothing spectacular. It was just your sort of run-of-the-mill women's tag, uh, multi-women tag team match. Again, my love-hate relationship with Sasha Banks continues. She got a pin over someone with a pretty botched meteora. Like, you need to stop doing that move, Sasha, because. 50% of the time, that does not work and it looks shit. Almost as shit as your wig. So please, please, please practice your meteora or just stop doing it because you can't do it successfully often enough. Um, but the bit that really wrangled me was the Candice LeRae and Io injured spot angle. To this day, I don't know if that was true or not. It seemed pretty legitimate that they were injured. Um, we never saw replays of what actually happened. But then, Rhea Ripley, you know, that same woman who has done a genius David Blaine pin on Charlotte on Friday, done an emphatic I am a super over baby face pin against Shayna on Saturday. And then she comes out and she has to get some help from people who have just been out injured. Uh, like LeRae and Neil Shirai uh, that was not a strong Rhea Ripley didn't look strong in that one, and harking back to the whole presentation of things that win felt tainted to me it was just if they're injured, if they're really injured don't bring them back out if they're not injured don't do the angle at all because just just felt, it was like a kind of babyface version of Shayna and the three students with two goons. They come out they're not that cons- influential in the outcome and it's just uh, it was a bit shit. I didn't enjoy it at all, that ending. But Rhea Ripley got the win. You're, you'd not be daft to think that Rhea Ripley is going to be the one to finally dethrone Shayna Baszler. Probably at the, the February takeover in Portland, Oregon. So I'm looking forward to them having like a proper showdown. Rhea Ripley is close to white hot. That was some week she had. Um, She's put in the work. Said some dodgy things in real life. She's apologised. Uh, Still irks me that she sort of has that mindset. But there's a lot of arseholes out there just now. So really we should be getting apologies from everyone. Do you know what I mean? If we were going to take stock of people who bothered us personally, then we wouldn't be watching wrestling because there are many wrestlers who are just dickheads and bitches out there. You know it, and so are your favourites, ladies and gents, and yours, and yours. I just pointed at the screen there. Um, Now, that fucking Rey Mysterio-Brock Lesnar match, it's a shame because I saw on the one night one of the best NXT title matches I've seen in a long time. I saw one of the best Men's 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 V-Men's 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 Survivor Series matches I've seen in a long time but I also saw two of the worst world title matches I've seen in a long time and I am including Hell in a in this first of all Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar get it away from me get Rey Mysterio off my screen I'm sick of him and he's feel sorry for me Stick. he was dressed up like Dink not Doink Dink the Clown and then Volter Jr. comes out and helps him with the stereo 619s and the white towel, thrown in the white towel spot, mere weeks after AEW did the white towel spot with MJF. Is that his name, MJF? That was so shit, it was so cheap. It's like, listen, you you want to, if I was WWE, I wouldn't be wanting to see seen copying things that AEW had just done a few weeks ago but they did it, or kind of teased at it, and it went down, in my mind, like a lead balloon. And then it takes Ray Mysterio and Dominic, not Die Jack, to do the stereo 619. It's like, oh my God, if I had a 5-wood or a 5-iron in my hands, I would put my Kindle down on the floor. Kindle was where I was watching it. And do a big, remember the Tiger Woods computer game, where you would actually take a runny up for your drive, I would do that with my 5-iron and rattle my Kindle out of the window. That was so cringeworthy, it was untrue. Uh, you had Brock Lesnar been dominant for the first half of the match, and then I thought, there was a split second, I thought, my God, Rey Mysterio's going to win this, and it didn't. And it was just, there we go, there's an F5. I'm not going to put into my argument against Brock Lesnar anymore that he's just a part-time champion. He's on constantly now. He's on telly a lot. He's involved a lot. However, I can count on—I can count on one finger—the good matches of Brock Lesnar I've seen this year. Finn Balor one was all right. Finn Balor one was okay. The Seth Rollins one at SummerSlam was fantastic. That was an absolutely amazing match. But the rest of them have been terrible. Uh, the Kane Velasquez one was a disgrace you know how I feel about MMA, it was shit anyway, they just hugged they literally hugged each other for a minute and a half and then uh, Kofi Kingston one. less said about that one the better just this whole, let's bring UFC into the equation no, please man just stop it Terrible um, Rey Mysterio's Masks are getting worse by the week And then I've said about him Stealing the spotlight Of a, a younger Hispanic star And becoming a US title I'll only be happy with that if Andrade Almas Rips Mysterio's head clean off And becomes a US, The best US champ in history That's the only way I'll accept it I'm not here for Rey Mysterio anymore He's going to get injured before the year's out and we're at the 27th of November mark my words Glass Ankles he is Mr Glass Ray Mysterio so and the other title match WWE title match no sorry Universal title match first of all I'm not I don't care about belts right a belt's a belt I even think the IC title belt's quite nice it actually looks better it doesn't belong in the IC picture that looks like a world ta- championship belt but that blue universal title, that literally does look like a toy, like an actual £5 in a vending machine and out pops one of these bad boys it's Christmas coming up and what looks more menacing, more fiendish more horror movie than a, a royal blue belt gives a break You had the hemp belt this year which was sensational. Bray Wyatt's had that sort of, I don't know, was it snake skin belt picture that he had when he won the title last time but no, we get a a genuine toy as a universal title. That out the way, I think what Bray Wyatt's doing is interesting. The Firefly Funhouse stuff, the tapping into Daniel Bryan's past you know I like my stories, long term booking, copyright that. I can get behind that. I really can. And the fiend popping up when he's least expected or least wanted. I can get behind that. But if these matches are going to be red light where the wrestler can get all the, the goodie, the babyface wrestler gets all the offense in and it doesn't going to matter worth a shit, I'm already tired of it. And I've actually only seen two of these matches. Three Finn Balor, Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan. Even with that weird finish at Hell in a Cell, the Seth Rollins-Bray Wyatt match was the best out of the three of them. That should tell you something about this. should tell you something about Seth Rollins as well, As well, you bunch of haters. Shout out to Kyle Moores. Um, it's a bad day when you can't get a good match out of Daniel Bryan and I'm just... Nah, not for me. Uh, really boring match. Speaking of boring matches, I'd th- I may have missed one or two, and if I have, oh well. But the main event, that main event, on paper should have been like really, really good. Bailey, Becky, Baszler, the three Bs, or not three Bs—that is the question. I don't know if it was a case of working with Baszler. Neither of them have really done that, so there was a lack of familiarity with each other. They didn't have that chemistry with each other. I don't know if it was just um, burnout from quite an eventful few matches beforehand. But they really struggled to get out of second gear. And I'll be showing my bias here, it might be the case. But that match only became lively when Shayna Baszler decided it was time to make it make it lively and just a sort of non-match and listen Bailey's character is excellent but her moveset that's not damaging enough for me that's not believable enough for me anymore especially when you've got all these bruisers making their way up um, crawling about the place like your Shayna Baszler's and your Rhea Ripley's Rhea Ripley's moveset and Shayna Baszler's They make um, Baileys literally look like hugs. So, if I was Bailey, I would maybe consider adding something a bit better than a shit-looking facebuster into my arsenal. But what upped me the most, and Ricky actually texted me, he'd seen the match before and he said, we're going to be annoyed about the same thing. And I said, right, okay, I'll let you know. And I said to him, was it this? And he said, no, I asked him what was it I would be annoyed about and it was this and I said yes that's exactly what I was annoyed about you had the chance you had the chance, it was 4-2-1 I think to NXT you could have finished Survivor Series a statement for the future Shayna Baszler walks out sorry, stands tall whips her uh, women's title around in the air and is engulfed by the NXT roster who come out and celebrate and stand tall with her, you know all of them even the ones that weren't wrestling come out and join her at the ring. But no, you had Becky Lynch, who, by the way, contributed very well to make that a shit match. I'm not saying it was all her fault. All three were a bit sort of lacklustre. But this Becky Becky looked strong and stood tall at the end of that. We've made our feelings known here on the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Making someone look strong after the fact is pointless. just... If you want to make someone look strong, you can do it in a match. Case in point, Ember Moon defeating Shayna Baszler, who was dominant throughout the match. You can do it. But Becky Lynch, who was pants during that match, I wonder why I wonder why Seth Rollins didn't call her out on Raw the next night, saying that they sucked, because Becky Lynch sucked the most. No jokes there, please. This is a serious conversation. Becky Lynch was rank rotten, on Sunday night she did not deserve to look tall to stand tall at the end of that at all and what Ricky has to say for this one this need and desire to make someone who loses a match to look strong after it by beating up the winner oh shit I forgot to say this is one of the worst things about this company and it's fucking mind boggling you had a chance to put NXT on this pedestal by having them all come out at the end and standing tall, but no. You diverted to your usual stupid fucking foolishness. Oh, Bailey and Shayna were this feud and not Becky fucking... Oh, aye. Bailey and Shayna were this feud and not Becky Lynch. It gives him the bulk. Um, you can look up your Scottish urban dictionary for it gives him the bulk. Word for word. I agree wholeheartedly. And it rips my knitting even more so that (coughs) ah god apologies it rips my knitting even more so that when that person is standing tall and they didn't deserve it because she was pants during that match and Bailey was pretty pants as well and that Baszler was pants but at least she tried to make something out of these matches so screw this making people look strong and I think it Back, I th- I think it kind of backfired. See if you want to see if you want to make a star. Keith Lee looked more of a star than Shayna Baszler did at the end of Survivor Series, and he lost his match, but he lost it in the middle of the ring, and he looked he looked like an absolute megastar going toe to toe with Roman Reigns, a very popular wrestler, very protected wrestler. He looked better leaving that than um, Shayna Baszler did. Think about that. If you want to if you want someone to look strong, have them beat someone. Oh, oh excuse me, I'm having a fit here. <coughs> ah I can't believe I've been talking about this for almost an hour. Um if you want someone to look strong, you can do it in a match or you can have them win the match. You don't need to make them look strong after the fact because this this is what this fifty fifty booking leads to leads to just plateauing. You don't actually get stars, stars. Now that for me is not a must from my wrestling viewing. I just want stories told. But if you if if you're of the mindset that you want a star, maybe this is what Vince McMahon means when he wants WWE to be the brand. Nobody's going to look stronger than anyone else because that's how that felt. And just it ended on a really sour note for me. So overall in terms of time taken for the show, the tag match on the, uh, on the uh, what do you call the things? The pre-show, excellent. I kind of wanted Revival to be there, but the New Day were better. Not better, not better. Like, more than fitting replacements. And the 205 live match was good. Um, I believe Akira Tozawa and Leo Rush are fighting on NXT this week for the Cruiserweight Championship, no doubt. Angelo Gaza will have something to say about that, but to Zava say what you want about him. That's going to be one rapid, fast, exciting match. So I'm looking forward to that one as well. Um, in terms of matches and time over the whole of the pay per view, not that good, not that good really. But the NXT match, the Triple Threat mid card, um, Work Great Wankathon match was excellent. And the men's v men's v men's was just organised chaos uh, at at um, in sixth gear. So they they elevated the enjoyment of the pay per view for me. I've got to say that, like, uh, over the whole weekend, all the Sunday, I was satisfied from those three matches. And obviously, we had war games as well. So a successful weekend in terms of my viewing. Uh, I'm shattered watched a lot of wrestling, I'm halfway through the Undertaker interview with Stone Cold which has been quite interesting so far but I'm glad this is all out the way and I can get back to normal routine now, take some time, take some stock uh, I don't know what I'm talking about now so I'll just end the show, I haven't got a quiz for you uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you've made it this far along this w- almost one hour of me talking solo, I don't think I've ever done this Um If you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening. It does actually mean a lot to me that you have done so. Um, As I say, short notice, but I still want to make sure that you guys have content. We're coming up for the Christmas period. We're going to have some canned episodes coming out. So it's going to be a busy month for Ricky and Clive. Show us some love. Go to the podcast app of your choice type in the so <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about now go to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice give us a 5 star review um, all that stuff the rest of the network got s- some really good shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style Grown Men Watch This, Beep uh, Get In The Ring, All Things Elite if I didn't say one there, I apologise, but we're, we're doing some good things under sales, obviously. We've got the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group come in there, chat about wrestling. Uh, as I said at the start, powerslam.tv, social suplex is the promo code. you got over 6k hours of wrestling. Uh, wrestling net. 20% off. Santa's coming. You know what to do, ho ho. Uh, and... We are at Ricky and Clive on Facebook. Remember, show your appreciation for this standalone ep- solo episode with the hashtag Uncle Ricky. I'm sure you'll appreciate that. Ricky, you're a thousand percent wrong with the ending of the women's war games match. And I will, f- I will hold this stance to the end of time itself. And I'll come back seeing my next life, even if I come back as a budgie. I'm going to be pecking in your ear and telling you that you were fucking wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget also to go to socialsuperlinks.com where we've got the podcasts and we've got the columns. Uh, You can get them sent directly into your email inbox by the click of a button. I think that's it. I hope that's it. I've spent over an hour talking. I've spent over an hour talking to myself. Think about that. If someone was looking in this window, this kitchen window, first of all I'd be thinking they're very tall because this kitchen window is high up off the ground. But they would be thinking that guy's been talking to himself for an hour. And I would then phone the police and say excuse me, there's someone hanging, there's someone floating outside my kitchen window and they've been doing it for an hour. Could you please escort them from the premises? Uh, And then I'll just shut up now. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully we've got Ricky back next week. Uh, And our American friends, enjoy your Thanksgiving. I hope you have some good turkey. I hope you have some good football. And remember, when you're sitting at that dinner table with your loved ones, your friends, your neighbours, your Uber drivers, give thanks. Give thanks to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Good night thank you for listening to the ricky and clive wrestling podcast we'll see you next time what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co